Starcast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. In today's bonus episode, we talk about Dortmund and Bayern. Is the league over? And what does it mean for the Bundesliga if Bayern go on to win an eighth successive title? With me to talk about the decisive game on Tuesday night is Jonathan Harding. Jonathan, good evening. how was it for you? Wow, what a game. What a fantastic game. I think I was always a little bit afraid that maybe the hype would get to this game. Sometimes it has in the past, but... You know, despite there being no fans and despite everything being on the line, I thought it was up there for game of the season. It was just fantastic, unbelievable tempo, such a crisp nature to a lot of the passing. The tackling was quite aggressive. Everybody seemed quite up for the fight. And it was just really entertaining to watch, even if in the end, I think the longer the game went on, the more inevitable it felt. It did. The quality um, was high throughout, but ultimately... I think Bayern were able to do more with their quality, even being not quite at their best than, than Dortmund were. I think, was this a case of Dortmund having to be 100% doing everything 100% right if they were to get a result? Whereas Bayern could get by with energy, with being competent, with just turning up and not doing anything stupid. Yeah, I think it was a bit of that. But I also think that Bayern does a lot, deserve a lot of credit for turning up and I think actually being really good you know, I think they probably could have won the game if they'd been in third gear but I think they they took it to another level because that's what they keep seem to to do under Flick I thought that energy that they brought was exactly what Dortmund missed and I was actually really surprised that after the first 30 minutes or so well you had the occasional tackle back and forth and it looked like one of those games that was going to be on edge all all the way through that Bayern just kept throwing punches and then after a while yeah Dortmund just stopped evading them or stopped trying to throw any back and I think that's what I think was a bit frustrating you know this is such a big game and I know a lot of the conversation about Dortmund in, in the context of this season will be where well, they dropped points elsewhere and they had other opportunities it wasn't just this game but <laughs> if they win this game it's a one point difference with six games to go so it is this game and I think the fact that they didn't bring themselves or engage themselves in that fight in the way that Bayern did is perhaps part of a lot of larger conversation you know I know we've talked about it in the past I know you've written about it as well under Niko Kovac Bayern were really vulnerable Dortmund didn't they take advantage then they haven't taken advantage again this season even though Bayern were potentially a, in a period of transition and it just feels like a massive missed opportunity from from Dortmund's perspective who I think it's harder harder to defend now you know they spend a lot of money and put themselves in a position to win and haven't done it. So I think that's what was perhaps the most disappointing aspect of the evening, even if the game itself was brilliant to watch. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the wider implications in a second. But first, if we stick with the game, Dortmund played some really good stuff in the first half. Bayern found it difficult to press. Dortmund perhaps not quite getting the final ball right, but you could feel that they were, if not a control, that certainly binds equal. Yeah, it felt like a level game, yeah. In the second half, though, was this a case of a coach, of course, with the best intentions, not actually helping his team with the substitutions he's made, Lucien Favre's case? Yeah, I think the removal of Brandt had, there were reasons for that. I thought the Brandt's, the game seemed to pass him by a little bit, but I do think the introduction of Jaden Sancho, who within about five minutes, it was evident that this was half of Jaden Sancho and not all of Jaden Sancho. I think it felt like surely it would have been better to leave Brandt out there and give him the chance to get back into the game rather than introduce a player who was clearly not at his best and in a way seemed to hinder Dortmund. You know, there were a lot of occasions where they went forward and he hesitated or he took the tempo out of the game 
or opted for the safer pass rather than engaging in a one-on-one situation that he would normally back himself to do. And I think it was in those moments where that's where the, the game started to ebb away from Dortmund. You know, when you don't take those opportunities and you start to, you know, allow Bayern to move more comfortably into that role of aggressor and controller. Yeah, and Emre Chan didn't have a particularly good game either, I think it's fair oh, no, to say. Yeah, but he did add at least a bit of bite <laughs> in the way that the rest of the Dortmund team might not have done. I mean, it was a little bit too late um, by then, but yeah, again, maybe he wasn't 100% and it, it just seems a little bit odd that Dortmund found themselves in that situation and Bayern looked like they'd been through an entire preseason and very fresh. Yeah, they did, they did look very energetic. I saw that... Uh... Joshua Kimmich, who I think we probably have to mention, uh, not just because of his goal, but an outstanding all-round performance, ran nearly 14 kilometers, uh, the most that the Bayern players ever run since, yes, yeah, since stats have, have come into uh, the Bundesliga coverage. First one more word on Dortmund and their game. It is undoubtedly true that they didn't quite do enough, but at the same time, you could say that they got also very unlucky. They had the penalty incident, which for some strange reason VR did not get involved. I want to get your opinion on that in a second. But also, of course, then they get Jaden Sancho, who's not fully fit, and they also lose Erling Haaland halfway through the second half, at which point you're just thinking it's probably not going to be their night. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that they didn't have the rub of the green, but I also think there's enough quality in this team to have got a point. And I think we have spent, or not we, I, I feel like there's been a lot of defence of this Dortmund team and saying, yes, but they're still young or they're still growing or, you know, they're still moving forward, they're still developing. I think they spent a lot of money last summer. I think they had enough quality in this team to challenge Bayern. And I think this is, you know, something we'll get onto later on, like you said, but I think there was enough there. So as much as I do sympathise with the, with the lack of fortune, particularly the penalty, because I think it was a penalty, and I wonder why that wasn't reviewed. Maybe there's a question mark there that Dortmund was so hurried to take the corner that there was no one saying, hold on, let's just slow the game down here. We need to review that situation. I think Emre Chan said afterwards that he didn't see it in the game. And so you, you sort of have to say, okay, that's fair, he didn't see it. But there was a point in the second half where David Alaba just said to his teammates, guys, just calm down, let's just slow the game down. And I would love to have seen someone on the Dortmund team say, guys, just bring it down. Let's take control. Let's slow things down. Let's try and get back in this game. And in that moment with the penalty, do the same thing. You know, there's no need to be rushing around trying to find that goal all the time. Be smart, you know, play the game to to your advantage. It, it just felt like everything that Dortmund did was was a little hasty. And maybe that was one of the reasons why VR didn't get checked. But I obviously can understand how aggrieved Dortmund fans might be that that wasn't a decision made in their yeah. favour. Yeah, I think there's no doubt that Bayern had a big game mentality, which perhaps was slightly lacking with Dortmund. I, I think as far as the penalty was concerned, you see from the action of the players, especially Haaland, that I don't think anyone actually sees it. Uh, I think they all just assume that Boateng turns his back into the shot and deflects it. I think it's only on the replay that you see that he does actually stick out the elbow. Mm. And um, we didn't really I think see enough uh, from TV pictures to understand just why it was that um, VR either ha felt that it had no time or no reason to get involved it'd be interesting to see if we hear more from the German FA within the course of, of Wednesday 
on that. But the bottom line is that Dortmund had to win the game. They didn't. Bayern were there for the taking, maybe not so much on Tuesday night, but certainly over, over the season. And they will finish with one of their lowest tally um, since they last uh, finished runners-up in 2012. So this is not necessarily a vintage Bayern, even though they have now won 15 out of their last 18 game under, under <laughs> Hansi Flick. Before we get on to Dortmund, what does it say about this Bayern team that they can run away with it, which I think we'll have to now take as granted, even in a season where up until November they play some very undistinguished stuff and feel that they have to fire the manager one and a half seasons into his reign having won the double last year what does that say about this Bayern team well it says that they know how to win the Bundesliga <laughs> I don't know whether it says much about the league but I think it speaks to a culture that Bayern have not just talked about but put into action it is very hard to continually win and not just games but titles it's very easy to talk about it but Bayern have have over the years definitely turned that into something tangible. And I felt that was completely on show tonight. And I think you have to get players and, and members of your organisation to buy into that culture. And it feels like Bayern Munich have done a good job of creating that and then putting it into action. And I think a lot of teams do a, a, a job of creating it, but not always putting it into action. And that, that creates a problem because then it's just words and it's just an illusion and you're like every other team. I think the difference is that Bayern Munich have this tenacious desire to win. And I think I certainly felt this evening, it was a bit of a reminder of previous years of Bayern where they already win before a ball is kicked. There's some psychological edge there. And it felt like this evening they had returned to that level, you know, where it's intimidating to play them and they're, you're already 2-0 down before the ball is uh, is rolling. And I think that's a dangerous space for the rest of the league, but it is a huge credit to Bayern Munich because winning once is impressive, winning twice is incredible, but you're starting to talk about, you know, some sort of dynasty here, eight seasons in a row, it's just a formidable amount of, of consistency. And, and I know that, as you said, they have had their weaker moments. Um, that's part of another conversation, but you can only play the teams in front of you. And if you're at the, the top of the table at the end of the season, you've done your part and Bayern keep doing it. And that's impressive. Yeah, but here's the frustrating thing as far as Dortmund are concerned. They really strengthened this year. They brought in... Haaland, they brought in Hazard, they brought in Mats Hummels, they brought in Emre Can, they brought in Julian Brandt. This is a team that should challenge for the Bundesliga all the way. And this is a team that had arguably a better bench in the biggest game of the season than Bayern, who had to rely on the likes of Turksy, Mai, Batista Maia, Perisic, Javi Martinez. I mean, not exactly the sort of squad as far as the depth is concerned that would would necessarily suggest that Dortmund are huge underdogs for a single game that could well decide the the outcome. Now for all the things we talked about, um, all the, the little things, the details, as you said Jonathan, there has long been a suspicion which really started last year's last season when they were leading at the halfway stage and then completely crumbled in, in fairly shambolic fa fashion, losing some strange games, conceding 
terrible goals. This hasn't happened this season so much. I think they have been more solid and more consistent. Yet, the big question mark that hangs over this team, this club, the manager, all of them together, but maybe in different relations as far as the, the blame is concerned, there is a sense that it's not quite good enough and not quite right. Do you think, having listened to Lucien Favre's comments post-game where he seemed to suggest that he might have to leave at the end of the club or at least sort of consider his position, it was very ambiguous, that this is the end of the current setup and something drastically will have to change if they are to catch Bayern next year? I think so. I certainly, reading between the lines, it sounds like Lucien Favre will not be the head coach next season. That was certainly my interpretation of what he said. I think it's difficult. I think it wears on an individual as a coach when you believe what you're doing is right and you believe that your philosophy is working. And and as we've said, you know, they were sol- they were more solid this year than they were last year and they have played some scintillating football at times. And I think the problem is in a league where you are always going to be compared to Bayern Munich, everything you do is not going to be good enough. Um, we've seen that over a number of seasons for Dortmund. And I think that's the issue because in, in its own context, Borussia Dortmund have been pretty good, but it's not good enough to win the league. And I think they're going up against the the issue of the Bundesliga's image being one-dimensional. They're going up against the image of Dortmund not being able to challenge in a long, in a long time. They're going up against Bayern Munich's dominance. It's a lot. It's a lot for one man to handle. I think part of the issue at Borussia Dortmund is even now in 2020, all these years on, this obsession with Jurgen Klopp is still there. And I think it needs to go. I know it's controversial, but that he will not be their head coach again. I mean, you know, barring some <laughs> unlikely events in the future, but he's not there anymore. And Brissy Dortmund's modern image was built off of what he did there. And that has its merits, but that's not where they are now. And that needs to be recognised and they need to be very clear about where they want to go in the future. I think ever since he left, there's been a an attempt to maybe go in a different direction. You've had different types of coaches and that has brought them maybe varying results on the pitch, but everybody always talks about passion and connection with the community and, and you have to decide as a club what you want um, and how to best achieve those goals. I don't think Borussia Dortmund know what they want it felt like this evening was just a continuation of this we're okay with being second and I'm sure they won't admit that but it it feels like it because if that wasn't the case then they would have won more 50-50s they would have been up for the fight more in the second half and they would have wrestled extremely hard against Bayern's dominance whereas in the end they just succumbed to it so I think it has there has to be a bigger change there has to be more looking forward than than reminiscing about the past, in my very humble opinion. No, I understand what you're saying. Uh, but I think they'll probably take somebody first to win the league or to at least have sustained success before they can wean themselves off the, the Jurgen Klopp uh, nostalgia. Um, I, I don't think that can be done by just pushing a button and say, let's not talk about Klopp anymore, because as long as they are not having success in the present, I think the temptation will always be to look back at the not-so-distant past. The other point... I would make is that the club, I think, at least in terms of public persona, have tried to be a little bit different this summer. If you could did this season, if you remember, they caused quite a bit of um, 
quite a few head- headlines when Hans-Joachim Watzke and uh, Michel Zorc said, well, this year we want to win the title. We're not going to talk about you know, being competitive or, first of all, let's qualify for the Champions League and then we'll see. We, we want to do it and that, that's how we have to communicate and we have to get this this mindset into the player I think into the players I think the problem is that you have in Lucien Favre someone who doesn't really think along those lines he thinks about optimizing the game making sure that uh, the player in midfield touches the ball with the right foot in the mm. right way and that he opens yeah. his, his body up I mean he he looks at the detail perhaps doesn't quite have the the big picture mentality for a club who lives on its emotion and on 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 being perhaps slightly more courageous or or daring, and I think that is the reason why ultimately it's never felt like a like a perfect combination. But, but don't you think that on those two things that a tonight was an opportunity for Father to to do that because without the fans there, this was a perfect opportunity for for his approach to the game to take center stage, and therefore for him to to perform what he needs to do to be successful. So I think it's probably a fairly damning result for him because playing a home game in the Signal Iduna Park without fans, removing the emotion from the situation and just making it purely about football gives Favre the best opportunity to be successful, one might argue, if he is lacking that emotional ability. Mm, and, yeah. and secondly... I think you're right. Vatska could probably do with talking less about Klopp if he does want to move away from it. I mean, I agree that you can't press a button, but if you could press a button to maybe stop... Hans-Jochen Watzke talking about Klopp all the, the time, mute, that might help. The, the Klopp mute button. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, yeah, no, I think, I think you might, that's absolutely fair. I, I wouldn't necessarily blame what happened on Tuesday night on Favre directly. I mean, the substitutions didn't no. work. You could say maybe he made a couple of mistakes with the lineup, but I think ultimately it came down to, to, to one or two moments yeah. where Dortmund just didn't play the right ball or just didn't, didn't do what would would have been necessary just didn't get the lucky break so I'm willing to give him a pass there but I think over the course of this now almost two seasons I think we have seen recurring issues when it comes to just getting this team battle ready if you will uh, for those big matches I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about Dortmund and where they're going and who might come to replace Favre in the next few weeks in Starcast but before we leave I want to get your thoughts on the Bundesliga's international standing. I think a lot of sort of casual viewers might have turned in today and said, okay, there's a lot of hype, there's a title race, uh, it's Bayern Dortmund, but the bottom line is that Bayern will win their eighth title. Is that a serious problem for the league? Or will the league just say, you know what, we have a very strong team, now one of the strongest teams in Europe at the moment, and yes, they will They will win lots of titles because no one's quite at the same level, which is true of, of most sides uh, in Europe at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I think, you know, if we took that line of argument, you could probably have a similar conversation about the Premier League, given how far Liverpool are ahead of other teams. Um, I'm not sure. I think the Bundesliga would have obviously preferred Dortmund to win the game to take the title race to the end of the season because that heightens the drama and uh, given the centre stage that the Bundesliga has at the moment that would have obviously been the preferable outcome but I think anyone who has turned into the Bundesliga or tuned into the Bundesliga sorry over the last few weeks 
and is disappointed at Bayern winning the title is perhaps missing the point of the Bundesliga. It's obviously a big issue that the same team keeps winning the league and that's part of a bigger conversation. But the development of a lot of young players and coaches and and the excitement that was on show in the games on Tuesday night and the upsets and the unpredictability at times. There's a lot of value in, in what happens here in the Bundesliga and I don't think that that should be overshadowed by a lack of a title race or the same champion. Uh, it does make it very hard because, you know, like any good story, it's not going to be read or it's less likely to be read if the headline isn't good. And for the Bundesliga, the headline is the same. And that needs changing, but there's still a lot of value in in what happens in the league. And I hope, and I think in recent weeks, that's been on show. And hey, we haven't even talked about it, but... <laughs> If Joshua Kimmich is going to score goals that Dennis Bergkamp will be proud of, then <laughs> more than enough reasons to tune in. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks for listening and we'll be back on Monday with more Starcast.